0: Hello and welcome back to this is fine, a podcast where I share inspiration, life lessons, and tips to help foster a healthy mental state. Uh, today's episode is a little bit different because I had the opportunity to have a conversation with friends about a production they've been parenting and and nurturing, and within a week's time will be set out into the spotlight. It's a stage play called Booty Candy. Now. When I first heard or saw the title, I thought two things. A. Booty candy. Hmm. Honey, that's a Saturday night for me. And uh, B is I want to audition. I actually really wanted to audition. The casting call, though, was for black actors. And though I am a colored man from Namibia and South Africa, I am not black as it pertains to the setting of the play. I can relate to the black experience, but my struggles as an oppressed person may not apply in this context. So, there's a big part of me that's super excited to see the play just for that that feeling of wanting to, you know, be a part of it. Whenever I encounter an opportunity to share my corner of the internet with someone, I set an intention, be it consciously or subconsciously, for it to be more of a conversation than an interview. So, aside from my ramblings, you'll first be greeted by the lovely voice of a returning guest, an inspiration of mine, and one of the most caring human beings I have ever had the pleasure of meeting. Amos Kim. Kim is the producer of the production. The next voice you'll hear is one of my biggest supporters of the show. But he's so much more than that. He's also an incredibly well-spoken, thoughtful and a very present human being. That's Ray, the director of the play. Then you'll hear one of the actors stepping up to the mic. His name is Terrace, a black actor crafting a career as an actor in South Korea, which is a feat not easily done, but work that certainly holds immeasurable value for future actors just like him. So if you're listening to this episode from Seoul, then hop on to discoverthecollective.com that's discoverthecollective.com and book your tickets all right let's dive into the convo by myself um so that it's not like awkward and like okay here we start now (laughs) all right so the collective is putting on a a play that i am personally very excited about what i want to know as your third play for the collective how is it different than anything else you've ever done?
1: Well, you know you know they say third time's the charm, right? Ooh. So we, we played around some. <laughs> uh, our first play was a Shakespeare play, which we subverted and did a lot of things with that was really great. Uh, and that was our first main stage production as the collective. Our second play was a very tight drama uh, that we also subverted, which is great, but we wanted to move towards... Uh, telling our stories for us by us so this time around it was a conscious decision to move from subverting already existing texts that weren't necessarily written for us but that we made work for us Mm. into moving into a, a piece of work that was everything that we wanted it to be we specifically went out to to search for that then we stumbled across booty candy and the rest was
0: was history to be made
1: history to be made there you go exactly
0: so then uh let's talk about your like the role of your uh company the collective Mm -hmm. that it has on the community and i'm talking not necessarily just about like where we live and also like lgbtq uh people of color black Mm -hmm. people everyone but Mm -hmm. how is this for you if it is how is it both for us by us but can also be beneficial for other people and other people, I mean native Korean people, um, people of the lighter skin color. The palm. The palm. The, the, the palm colored. Palm very. colored <laughs> variety. Yeah. As Adam um, likes to say. How can it connect to them? Because I have found specifically being in this community is that people try to be so inclusive that, that you end up forming groups and then it becomes a little high school, a little bit. These people hang together and these people hang together. I've experienced that. So... Yeah, I'm just curious as if you had considered something like that.
2: Yeah, I think that we decided, like Kim was saying, to to we were tired of flipping scripts, and we wanted to find a piece that spoke, uh, or first of all, written by someone that represents someone other than like straight white men. And that's what our first two productions were, but we flipped them in, in ways, especially with the Shakespeare piece. Uh, so Robert O'Hara, who wrote this uh, wonderful piece, is a queer black man from the U.S. And uh, I'm not one to try to universalize narratives. Uh, I'm tired of people saying, like, this applies to everyone, or that everyone can read into it. Uh, although I do kind of feel that there is something for everyone in this. Mm-hmm. It isn't about everyone. Uh, there's a particularity of, of the characters and the stories that are told in this story that are special and interesting and need to be told. And so, our choosing to do so in the way we're doing it with the cast we're doing it, uh, I think will be appealing to uh, mm-hmm. everyone universally, but be very particular too.
1: Yeah, I I want to add on that and say that's the thing. You're right. It is not for everybody. Not everyone's gonna see themselves, and uh, not everyone's gonna be able to relate. But everyone is gonna be able to appreciate it and enjoy it. Yeah. So like yes. on a
0: human level. Yes. Um, as 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 different as we are, and as different as we celebrate. I mean, as we celebrate our differences, the the very fact is we are human beings, and we have a limited set of emotions. That we experience. And so there should be some relate. Not should be. I don't like to use words like should and must. So there can be some relation with uh, some lesson that someone can take from that. Uh, maybe it'll open their eyes or... Yes?
1: They're going to laugh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's... Oh, I love... Okay. The, the laughing is the most... Impo- for me, that's the most important part is laughter. Hmm. What does this production, Booty Candy, mm. mean to your company?
2: I think it means... First of all, we're doing it in a country that uh, everyone, almost everyone involved in it, in the production, both casting crew, are um, international. And uh, what does it mean to our company to be able to put this piece on, that we were very careful in securing the rights to do this here? Uh, it, it means so much because I believe this is a narrative that hasn't, really ever been told live on stage this type of narrative in Korea. So reaching out to our audiences, both international and Korean, and uh, the range of human experiences exhibited in the play. It, it'll be fresh, it'll be new, it's going to be like Kim said, hilarious. Uh, and Also, it's, it's a chance for our key actors to be on stage and present not stereotypes, sometimes parodies of stereotypes, but not stereotypes performing realness and and truthfulness to human experience in ways that we haven't been able to really do you can't really get that in most other types of productions so this is outrageous it is just so iconic in the moments the the, the feel of the whole play the the aesthetic the, the the stories it's just outlandish but also very human and poignant too mm-hmm. so I think I think it just it just means the world to us to, to be able to put this on and it, it it just speaks to the collective so much and and the collective's audience who you know we've been trying to build over the last few years with a two minute or two minute two year break for, for COVID all oh, right but we've developed I think uh, an audience that is loyal to us mm-hmm. and trusts us mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to put this type of production which is, again is a very risky production mm. it's mm-hmm. not. It, it it's not something I think most companies would dare do, but that we get to do it and that we have the talent to do it. And remember, there are four uh, actors in here who are people of color. They're black actors from around the world. And to have this level of talent with this group of people here and to show that that's what's available here. And these are the stories that continue to be told. That means so much to us.
0: You speaking about like the people involved brings me to the cast. Tell us
2: about your casting
0: choices. Why specifically, Terrace?
2: <laughs> oh, Terrace! So Terrace here, <laughs> sitting with us. Mm, hello. Wow. is playing five ac- uh, five characters. Go ahead, Terrace. Would you like to tell us about your your characters a little bit?
3: Okay. Well, I do play five different characters. Um, so the first character I play is reverend benson and without spoiling too much i think reverend benson is an just an electrifying character Mm. a big personality and i think of the five characters i play one of my favorites um i also play i play a grandmother granny so it's also really interesting just to play like a reverend, and then all of a sudden, a grandma. It's right, so many roles going on. I also play this guy named Larry. Mm-hmm. I play <laughs> a random writer in a conference. Is that how I get all five? One, two, three, four. <laughs> I feel like I'm missing one. Reverend and a grandma. stepfather. And a stepfather. Ah, there we go. There we go. I play all ages, basically. <laughs>
1: As an actor, mm-hmm. how has it how how has it felt being able to uh, switch your character characters? Uh, so quickly and effectively um, and also um, I'm an actor too mm-hmm. so I, I know personally that this kind of project would be ideal for me because I love that I love the challenge mm-hmm. in playing multiple characters mm-hmm. in one setting Right. Uh, it's kind of like a acting gymnastics yeah
3: right? it's a game sort of yeah um,
1: so how has it felt for you
3: for me I think one of the biggest merits of acting is that you can play different roles. So being able to do so many in one production Mm. just gets, it sort of like amplifies that fun for me. Mm. Of course, you know, it's also harder because Mm. you have to be able to switch Mm -hmm. for each scene. But I think that challenge just makes it all that much more exciting to me. It's so much more rewarding. I'm showing so many different faces and just getting to see how different people react to when I portray person A or person B, it's Mm -hmm. just very rewarding as an actor, and I'm glad that I've been through this challenge. I, I don't know. I, I think I've grown so much in such a short period of time. I love it, and mm-hmm. I hope that I portray each character very well.
1: <laughs> I have to say, I'm really jealous.
3: <laughs> it is like
0: I'm. I'm. I'm thinking about just one role, just playing, just us in our lives, playing different roles for different friend groups. Right. Uh, different. Uh, what do they
1: call that? Um, it's not code switching Two faced Two faced like- <gasps> I need kidding. a lot of makeup For <laughs> that second yeah. face. It. <laughs> is it code Isn't it code switching yeah, Code uh, switching is
0: Is more like language Yeah it, I mean in a way, part in of a it way, Yeah it's, part yeah, it's, it's it. a part Yeah right It's in it So yeah It's like that idea Of like just Regular people How we do put on faces Because life is Essentially us playing life is different roles right so you as an actor then having to do that for your life and then obviously you can not obviously maybe you can draw inspiration from that Mm -hmm. perhaps but then also craft characters along with the director that are uniquely different right and then for one person to play them all is quite a mental challenge it
3: definitely was a mental struggle at first (laughs) because you know you want to make sure that they're distinct enough that people recognize oh this is a different character Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i really appreciate the director Uh in being able to give us like you know these little tweaks to each character to help us distinguish it one within our own minds Mm -hmm. and just to make it so that the audience is even clearer when they're watching us because it was a little confusing at first because you finish one scene and you're still sort of thinking like one character mm-hmm. but then you have to like already jump into the next scene and it took a lot of work but i think we're at a great point now and i think a lot of it though was help from the director
0: okay
2: i paid him to say that <laughs>
0: <laughs> in tv and film and your are a television f- uh, film actor primarily right mm-hmm. yes so in that space you don't know this, but I come from, I studied film and I, I was an editor for a couple of years. And I'm thinking about how in that world, it's a cut start, cut start, cut yes. start. So you're in and out of this flow space. You're not always necessarily thinking about what the next line is. It's about being in that moment and acting and reacting, right? And so I'm thinking you coming back to play to the world of stage right was that an adjustment or how different was it and also why did you decide to, Lord,
3: to do it <laughs> what a great question um so when i was younger i think mm-hmm. the first start i ever got into acting was musical theater so my high school had a great musical theater program and even when i was a little younger than that i loved doing plays i loved doing musicals but when I came to Korea and I started acting again, most of the roles I had were for TV and television, and it is starkly different. Like you said, you know, you film one scene, so in my head would be the lines for that one scene, and I'd try to be in the moment. You would usually start, do that one scene, cut, and then do that same scene a couple of times. You know, they'd have to get different angles, make sure the expressions look they were good enough for the TV, but... Doing stage is so different. You have to, you know, have the whole play in your head. There's no break. If you mess up, somebody has to cover for you. So it, it it's just, I don't know. It It was so different from working in TV to come back to the stage. But I think a part of me wanted to go back because it is where I started. And I knew that such a great team was putting on this production. And the production, especially that we're doing, this booty candy is so monumental like they said you know it's a play written for us by us Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i don't think i really have the opportunity to do that a lot here in korea oh yeah or anywhere
1: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah honestly yeah looking at the history of film television play it's yeah exactly and
1: but even just a contemporary one yeah right something that's not a constant struggle bus right you know
3: well, not something that was written like too far in the past. It, it it feels real. I can relate to it. I I don't know. I just I wanted to do it so bad once I found out about it. And yeah. Yeah. So that's why I auditioned, and thankfully, <laughs> I was able to do it. Because like the
0: the world of play, the world of stage is much closer to real life than film is you can retake and you can redo it and that but with the play there's none of that Uh, it just flows uh, uh, you can't go oh i'm sorry guys cut we we have to reset we can't do that
1: actually this is one of the reasons i love the theater so much actually is because because of that right uh it's a one shot deal it's a one shot deal every single time and the beauty is that it's a one shot deal Mm. because every show while identical is different and I oh, love yeah. that. I love that uh, you could have multiple shows that are your favorite for different reasons. Different audiences create different energies in this in this space. I mean, it's also stressful because it's a one shot deal. It's like it's now or never you, you if you,
2: <laughs> if I'm you gonna swear if
1: you fuck it up, that's it. Right. Yeah. But um, that's why it's great.
2: I'll tell you where we are in the process right now. One more weekend before we go into the run of the show. And uh, we just wrapped up a, a rehearsal in which the actors could no longer call line, that they had to figure Ooh. out in the moment to rescue themselves or each other how to get to the next point. Oh, I love that. And this was the first time in a main stage production that I've directed or assistant directed or produced or uh, house managed that I've seen that the actors had the least amount of awkwardness getting there and that was so relieving i had suggested the day before that it's going to be so fun for me for y'all it might be awkward it could be a nightmare <laughs> but it was just so much better than 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 expected and i think that okay the words are very challenging as it is switching characters for each actor five times, most of them, Mm -hmm. is a challenge. Not to mention that they're getting into different costumes too. And so getting all the words out in the way, this this language is also very particular. There's a Mm -hmm. specific dialect that isn't natural to most Americans, let alone Mm -hmm. uh, our international actors. We have three different countries represented in just the cast and so finding the next line or the right string of words in a row i can't imagine uh what they're all going through but they're they're so good at it and again i'm just so impressed i also wanted to say that like with the actors we cast so impressive and we were able to turn away great talent that's the other thing that this community is still so rich with uh many actors and Mm -hmm. we we turned away some some wonderful Mm -hmm. talent Mm -hmm. and I really want to work with them Mm -hmm. it's just I found these actors for these roles for these reasons for the reasons that you shall you will definitely recognize if you come see the show Mm -hmm. Mm.
0: oh this is it makes me think of you're talking about how the language may not be necessarily what Mm -hmm. a a a black American understands to what a uh, black African mm-hmm. understands, to what a colored person in mm-hmm, South Africa mm-hmm. understands. Like, how then do you does it connect to the communities that you are thinking about?
1: You know, I don't know if this answers your question, but one thing I noticed today, because I went into a rehearsal today, one thing I noticed is that despite the fact that... Uh, first of all, I think it's wonderful that the director never said, okay, we're all from here, so now you have to speak like that. He never did that mm. and what I've what I really enjoyed today seeing was how the non-American actors sort of adapted the dialogue and made it their own and you didn't even notice right you you had, I didn't even notice it didn't even occur to me that this wasn't the the scenario that's been presented wasn't legitimate uh, so that was really good to see oh. um, and in that way, I definitely think that that is how you're going to sort of the audience are going to be uh, entranced by the story. I don't even think they're going to stop to think about that.
0: Yeah, okay, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like just... it,
1: it didn't stand out. It didn't. It didn't jar. It didn't do anything like that. It was just very natural. Then
0: that means that you all are doing your job, effective <laughs> communicators is if we, can, if we can express something in a way that everyone can understand, then it goes back to my previous point of we all have a human experience, mm-hmm. no matter our skin color, no matter our mm-hmm. sexuality, mm-hmm. Or,
1: or, our or
0: our country, or any of that. And uh, so that is something that I find extremely, um, uh, I guess, heartwarming, is the way that, I don't know if that was your intent, But I'd like to know, do you do you set an intention before you go into a role or before you direct or before you, I don't know, wear nine million hats and do as a producer, never the job is never finished? Mm -hmm. It's always one thing after the other. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you go about making sure that I start off my day like this? And I want to end like that. Or is it just something you don't think about?
1: Wait, are you asking the producer or are you asking the director? All of you.
2: I want to speak just about the concept of intention yes. for this production. So I think it is different for what role you're doing in the show. So as an actor, uh, Terrace, you can speak to how your intentions have developed. And uh, one thing that I said uh, just the other day in rehearsal is your intentions have been made clear and established so much so that regardless of what happens and I've been in many shows where things happen live in the moment with theater that you can't just reset and film like you can in film or TV. L- maybe something falls from the ceiling. I've literally seen a, a light filter fall on top Ugh. of the stage uh, yeah. during a show. And what the actors were able to do is stay in character because their attentions are so established that whatever happens in the moment, whether it's a, re- a reaction from the audience or something that happens that's not planned, that you're able to stay in those uh, characters because they're so grounded in the right or the the developed intentions that, that are that are offered for me as a director getting there earlier in the process before we finalize blocking is understanding why we're here what we're doing what are our motivations all of this what's the background story what's going to happen before uh, this and what happens after this and and so uh, that's important for me uh if you want to talk about producers intentions uh i'd like to hear that too kim
1: listen um Ah, you want the truth the producers intentions at this moment in time is to get the 500 things on the list of things to do done every day Mm. and not forget something yeah because that's the life yeah you know and the show creeps forward It's, it's it's you know it's two weeks away so we are there are things that we cannot let slip right so i just until may 29th i pretty much have to be on my toes at this point, which is, is is the job.
0: You're a ballerina on your toes. Honey. I
1: am now, um, <laughs> which is the job. And, you know, this is our baby. So I'm happy to do it, obviously.
0: Yeah, I, I know, <laughs> like, producing anything.
1: It's hard. Is
0: uh, what it was. What, there's a saying that we used to use in film, and I'm pretty sure it came from stage. Anything that can go wrong
1: will go wrong. Yep. Therefore, you need to have bobby pins, you need to have duct tape, you need to have ropes don't ask sometimes you do (laughs) you need to (laughs) you need to have like anything like you can need glue sticks get them why i don't know yet
0: we don't know yet but they don't we don't know yet yes but you might need them right literally
1: you got to be that that mom with that big bag like michelle pfeiffer in one fine day (laughs) she pulls out those cars and she's got like basically a whole house in her bag like that's what that's the bag.
0: You need a Harry Potter bag. One of those bags. Ah, I do, Maja. Yeah, you do,
1: yeah. I do. Me and Mallory. There we go. Mallory's the stage manager. She needs one too. She's oh. got her own duct tape. <laughs> She's got you stage manager to. duct tape.
2: I think she is duct tape. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like that line. She is the duct tape of the show.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um,
0: what about you, Terrence? Like, uh, Do you set intention at the beginning of your performance or... Do you have any ritual or not? If Even if you don't, you, you don't. I'm just like interested in setting your intent.
3: Um, so usually before our rehearsal, we will have like a warm up together. So we'll, you know, loosen up our bodies, do some vocal warm ups. And usually when we're doing that, I try to just center my mind and just try to tell myself, OK, you are going to be this person today or... This character, Mm. usually the first character I start with. So I just say, I'm like, I'm getting ready to be this person, and I try to erase everything else or like get rid of all the nerves because you know everybody gets nervous, and I'm just trying to tell myself, forget the nerves, forget the audience. Not that I actually forget the audience, but just focus on being the character, and then you know everything else will follow suit. That's at least what I try to tell myself to get into it, right. Um, So yeah, that's usually what I do. Now,
0: we talked about intention and um, I do believe that setting your intent before you do something helps you get to that result. The thing is that I think people forget about setting intent is impact because you can set your intent and I've said this before, you can set your intent, but what was your impact? For me, it means if your impact doesn't match your intent, maybe your intent wasn't either clear enough or honest enough. So what do you think the impact will be of the show?
2: I love that question because there are so many risky moments in the in the play where even just today I said, I think I want to rework this moment because I feel like the effect that it has is different than what we want to offer. And when you're dealing with a script that's written, this was written, I think, 12, 13 years ago. The first production, 2009, Kim? Mm -hmm. 11. 2011, okay. Oh, right, that makes sense. Oh, 10 years ago. So 11 years ago, yeah. 11. And uh, there are things in it... Uh, that we may not be fully on board with but we mm. we can work around mm. and design we, we have to still stay true to the script we have to say those words mm-hmm. but we don't have to say them the way it might have been intended mm. and mm-hmm. so the effect oh. that we deliver if we acted in a different way can give a different effect and so yeah the impact I love what you said you said the difference between
1: impact versus impact.
2: Yeah. yeah is so important for me because i'm always concerned about what the audience is experiencing yeah uh
1: because you know people don't realize this a lot of people well all they do uh which is probably why a lot of people are struggling but in the last 10 or 11 years uh language has become something that we need to be more careful of and for all the, the best reasons
0: especially the um, last like four years
1: yeah yeah right and we are all guilty of saying something every day without actually even knowing the, the meanings behind it, like phrases like peanut gallery, or I think I said something earlier on, Ray gave me a look, and then I thought about it. And for me, like,
0: people using the word oh, no. ghetto, for instance, like stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Um, we just use, we have so used to using these phrases in our lives that we don't realize that they're actually really problematic. And so there's been a shift in, in mentalities over the last couple of years where I know... I'm not going to say most people, but I know that a lot of people that we hang around, a lot of uh, communities that are trying to be better, uh, are trying to change their language consciously in order to not be disrespectful to anyone or any being or any situation. So with that in mind, you know, there are some phrases and some words and some things in this production that would have been okay to say 10 to 11 years ago and they're not necessarily okay to say now. Yeah. Uh, and so thank you for asking the date because yes, it's it was written in 2011 and like Ray said, we have to say all the words. Right. <laughs> so it's it depends on, you know...
2: Contractually by law. So yeah. we have a we have a, a licensing agreement right. that we paid for and we can't change the words. <clears throat> At all. And we have Obviously. to deliver them. And when you're dealing with a script that has words that can be seen as problematic, how do you perform them? And so yeah, yeah we definitely don't want to punch down, right? That that's just cheap um and and not it's not what the collective represents. We're going to if anything, if we're gonna punch we can do it lateral, but we're probably <laughs> gonna punch up. <laughs> <And> <laughs> but uh, when it's punching down, we we have to work moments that can justify them. Or and and also we don't want to be ashamed or afraid of the script either. We want to work with it. So yeah, and and these actors definitely do a great job of.
1: Well, that's another thing. Again, like. Um in general, I'm generalizing now. But but I, I've noticed that people who oppose certain values seem to think that they have the mindset of, oh, I can't say this now, it's bad. Oh, I can't do this now, it's bad. So we're gonna ban everything. What
0: happened to the good old days? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, yeah.
1: Oh, so what, what, now we gotta burn all the books where they use this language because it's not allowed anymore kind of a situation. That is not it. Like, th- there were things that were allowed and things that have been passed, you know, through time. When you are doing play from a time before, You have to honor that, Mm. you know, it's like, let's go back to the 70s and pretend that we weren't in shop vault, (laughs) you know, like, let's go. Let's just pretend there was an apartheid because we don't like that. That's bad. No, 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 no,
0: Um, you know. So it's all good and well, us behind the scenes talking about this. But Terrace, you are on stage. And how do you resolve using certain language as a black man? Is there any like um, disconnect for you? Um,
3: or is it something you haven't thought about? <laughs> good question. I mean, I think initially when I first read the full script, I was shocked at certain scenes. I was like, "Oh, like this is actually like written down on the page." <laughs> um, but then again, you know, I like I said earlier, I try to get into the character and I try to remove thinking like what I would do in this situation versus like, okay, this is who my character is and this is what they would say in the moment while it may still in a way feel uncomfortable sometimes coming out i you know in the moment at least i try to not think as myself i'm just that person i'm just portraying what they would do and i try to do that so i don't feel uncomfortable Mm, if that makes sense
0: yeah no it makes it makes sense to me
2: yeah I, i i think it definitely what you just said we have to be truthful also to the characters and and we we need to show them in their full assholery too we're not afraid of that uh and were so we're, we're we're gonna do that we're gonna we're gonna read them for filth when they're filth and we're going to uh, but yeah i mean there's there's always other moments where even in some of the stage direction you're like, OK, we can rework this. That's something that is the prerogative of the director. You don't have to follow the stage direction. You have to make sure the words are the same. But you don't have to make sure the actions are exactly the, way, the same way. There's also something legally that we couldn't do. The play calls for full frontal nudity mm. uh, for the male character. And uh, there is a, a director in Korea who went to jail for this. And we have always been very careful not to do this, because it's illegal in Korea to show full-frontal male not illegal to show and I've been to live theater productions here in Korea where full-frontal female nudity is allowed but not the male so uh, we were very careful around this and how to handle the stage direction for this I, I know very sexist there's no representation for the gays <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> well okay. here we are <laughs> uh, but we we worked a, a a solution that is both legal but also effective so prosthetics honey <laughs> prosthetics <laughs> well that was that was one of the the considerations yeah, I know. but uh, i will i will challenge you to come see the show to find out what of we course. did yeah
0: um so th- this makes me think about when you said like show the characters in their full assholery and really, I would honestly, I like to see productions where there are people of color, gay people, trans people, that show them often for the horrible human beings that we can be. Oh. I'm tired of shows and plays where people are just rosy and rainbow. No one has a rainbow life. No gay person has a rainbow
3: life. Well, then <laughs> Sorry. you better come to this show because... <laughs> It is not all rainbows and ponies. <laughs> that's all I will say. Oh, I
0: love that. I love that. I, I, it's 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 it makes me feel not just an accurate representation of people, but it's just it just allows us to fall in love with each other. And I'm not talking about like romantic love. I'm talking about getting to know people because it's in the moments of when your character is tested. That's when you have the opportunity to connect with people, I think. Um,
1: well, that's another reason we chose this production. And is an- another really important thing that we do at the collective is that again, and I've said this multiple times, I've said it with you in a different podcast, Iver. I've said it uh, in interviews and uh when people ask me, uh, you know, what do you what what do you offer, you know, mm. at the collective, mm. you know, versus if I did a play somewhere else. Here's the thing. People of color in most mainstream media and again I'm repeating myself here, but oftentimes we're never allowed to be full fully fledged humans. Mm. You know? Unless we're doing a struggle situation. Unless it's about
0: slavery and it's or, about struggle. Yeah. You
1: know? And um Uh, gay people too unless you're struggling through your problems your very gay problems
0: (laughs) back in the 80s everyone had an HIV story you know
1: you know (laughs) you know so it's like then only were we allowed to see that aspect of being human Mm. and you know what if it had a little bit of joy thrown in then a little cherry on the top and that is not accurate like you said like we uh, people are dynamic and they're multifaceted and for too long are we not being able to not just see that on stage, but as actors find ah uh, uh, places that will allow that sort of character growth and character journey um and and that kind of work to go through, mm. right? So as uh, actors of color, and I'm speaking here as an actor, um we often have to find the 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 things that are that we can relate to as a human being with another human being, no matter what color they are, right. Mm. And that's usually how we operate when we are in productions but to actually have a space where you can you can actually navigate and explore what it is to be a queer uh man or woman or person of color it's it's a special thing because it might sound like that is something that is offered a lot but it's it's really not and at least not in my experience
0: especially Come, being in this homogenous country, yeah, um, 95% homogenous country, um, living in this neighborhood where we are, um, we see all the foreign businesses and they are populated mostly by native people. And then when the PM comes, the people leave, and the and and then it's just we are left here. Mm-hmm. So there is like we're living in this kind of space where we're here, but we're not really here. <laughs> so the um, which is what I think uh, you guys do so greatly with the collective mm-hmm. is making a space. Mm-hmm. For us. Right. By us.
1: And it is interesting. It is very interesting that we are doing this in a country like Korea, like an Asian country. Why don't you do it here? Why don't you do it here? Why don't you do it here? I hold faith that there are companies across the world who are doing work who who do work like we do. I'm I just I don't I just believe it. Mm. Obviously I haven't done any research, so I don't know for sure, but I believe it in my spirit. Yeah. that there are companies all over the world doing the kind of work that we do, especially in this time and going forward. But you know, a lot of the, the expatriateness or immigrantness that is represented here, it's like if you're foreign, it's synonymous with white. It can be synonymous with uh, white. Yes. In Asia, especially Korea. And that's not true. There are large communities of color that live and work here doing various different things. And it's easy to pretend that they don't exist when that's not what you want to see. Mm. Um, but we're just here saying, hey, we're here. We exist. We're dynamic humans, and we deserve a space to tell our stories too.
0: And your your company is a very important um, thing for for people that that struggle with not struggle, but being an expat. There is a level of mental health issues that no one tells you about before you, but no one tells you about this part of the lifestyle. But when you start living it, and it's hard to find connection. Um, you guys providing that is actually like I don't think people realize how important it is to have that kind of space so um, I think you deserve a bigger role in <laughs> in in um, recognizing that people we are people we need to talk to each other we need to be brought together I mean we do have spaces here we have queer bars and that kind of stuff but then that also gets kind of iffy for me is when we we, we let's say for itewan one traditionally a foreign space, um, still known as a foreign space, and yet, like I don't know if you guys have seen, within um, the latest thing going on social media, is there's this new club that opened in Taiwan, and they play music, black artists, hip hop, uh, rap, whatever, and y- you cannot go in as someone that has the blue ID card. You can only go in as someone that has the, um, the the orange. Confused. the one so if you What's have the blue, blue r- the ARC. arc card you can you, you can't go in with the blue irc card you can only go in with a the, with the the, other like one. a yellowish yellow like f- one f- the f-, one, yeah. f visas
3: oh but it, i have an f visa too and, but i think it's probably the yellow one is like the the gyopo visa like the yes
0: if you're korean
3: also korean blood yes.
0: visas wow so any, any person <laughs> really yes any person that has that um, blue IRC card can't go in. But I also bet that
3: white people can get go in. I don't know where that bar is, but you're going to tell me, and I'm going to try to go there just to fight with them.
0: Uh, apparently, like, it's... Uh, I saw on social media, apparently there's a sign on in the front that shows, if you have this one, you can't go in. If you have this one, you can go in.
1: It's, is that a nice way of being like, so we're, we're, we're xenophobic, but um, instead of saying, like, we're not no, being racist, foreigners are allowed or being racist, we're just going to be like... Certain IDs are a lot, what the, what in the segregation is this?
0: Thank you. What in the Selma is this? What? <laughs> yeah. So, so, so when you do live in a country where, where unfortunately people here, the native people here, and I, I feel so scared about saying this, but when native people here can still profit off of the culture of everyone else, and that's okay because it's their country. It's, it's such a fine line that the, someone who doesn't experience doesn't understand how that feels and for you guys to do the opposite and create a space is a quite a um uh markable it thing. must be done it must be done mm-hmm. it
3: must be done and i also think that you know i know personally some korean people that are coming to see our production and Ooh. you know while they may not get all of the nuances or understand every single thing that's happening i think it's important that people do what the collective is doing, you know. They're showing our stories so that people can see, uh, like, a glimpse of some, of some of the things that we experience. Hopefully, you know, they will see it and they'll understand, ah, oh, maybe this is why my friend felt this way at a certain time. You know, it's just... Right. Like you said, you know, we see a lot of palm-colored written <laughs> stories, and I think that the world is just... We're just used to seeing everything in their eyes. So we... Yes. We match everything to what we think they want. Yes. So I think giving our stories, you know, some light, people will start to understand what we go through and they'll... I think things... I I don't know. It's just so important that this is happening. Mm -hmm. And I'm really glad that I know Korean people are coming. And I I think Mm -hmm. slowly having stories like this and other productions that I'm sure the collective will make will just make problems like that eventually go away or be part of the solution Mm
2: -hmm. yeah I just was just reminded of a a, a situation that happened during class uh, with one of my students where a student confessed we were talking about representation in media and uh, one student raised his hand and, and offered to the class like you know I think I'm I'm racist, and I said, "Okay, uh, let's let's talk." And this is a safe place, a safe space you can share. Uh, and he said, "I just think that." So we were talking about seeing other, uh, seeing your stories in your own eyes or through your own eyes or through your own lens or whatever. He was saying, "Like I think that when I see, this is gonna be triggering for some. When I, when I see that movies are coming out and the main actor is black. I'm not as interested to go see it." In the same way, I would be interested to see if it was uh, another Korean or Asian uh, actor or a, even a white actor. And so their exposure to media of, you know, the world over uh, for, for whiteness is told to every culture. Uh, and that Koreans would prioritize seeing their stories or white stories and devalue and not even see the humanity in in, in, in someone and not want to relate to that they can't relate to a main character who's black is is the reason why there should be a bigger push for black representation in, 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 in all media. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was a very powerful moment and, and, and uh, I was happy he shared that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I felt a, a certain way for a while after that. So...
1: Booty Candy, uh, May 21st. It's showing on May 21st, 22nd, 28th, and 29th at Emu Art Space in Moon. Tickets are 30,000 won. Uh, You can purchase them at the door, but please first reserve online at www.discoverthecollective.com. Okay. And I hope to see everyone there.
0: That's our show for today. Thank you so much, Kim and Ray and Terrence for um, joining me. This has been enlightening for me. And I really hope that people know. I really hope I... I my intention my I have manifested that people go and watch your show <laughs> and I will tell as many of of my friends as possible. Thank you. So everyone please support this uh lovely group of people the cast everyone and their their mission their their goal of the collective. So yeah, final words for from you guys?
3: Thank you so much for having me. It was great. And yeah, I hope everybody comes and sees the show.
2: Yeah, uh come see the show. I just want to give a shout out real quick to the entire cast and crew. It is literally just the best group of talent i think i've ever worked with as an ensemble and it's really magic and it's just it's it's so much to me
1: it's gonna be great come see the show
2: come see the show Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) all right goodbye everyone
2: bye